for the benefit of those with flash photography. Let's do it. Welcome to DreamWork. I, as always, am Colin Delaney. In a moment, I will be joined by my tag team partner, Cheech, and you already know the deal. It's me, it's Cheech, we're a tag team, we love tag team wrestling, so we talk about it every week with a new team and a new episode here on DreamWork. And as you may or may not have noticed, usually this drops on Thursday nights, but this one is dropping on Friday morning, and that is because, well... I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I guess I just forgot to edit it and put it out. Yesterday was a bit of a blur. I started a, a bit of a new diet a couple weeks ago, and uh, my brain is not totally caught up to functioning properly with it yet. So anyways, sorry about that, but here we go now, and we are talking about the world's greatest tag team, and they were great. They were technically proficient. They were incredible together. Uh, And I think had it not been for injuries and like start and stops and other questionable booking decisions which are out of their control, they could have been world's greatest or at least a top 10 of all time as opposed to what they are, which is more of a a top 50 all-time tag team. They're like the... uh, the Grant Hill of professional wrestling, you know, but that does not take away from the greatness that was the world's greatest tag team. And we talk about all of it here on the podcast. I'm excited for you guys to listen. So let's get down to it. Let's talk about it. It's Charlie Haas. It's Shelton Benjamin. It is team angle. It is the world's greatest tag team. Yeah. Hey, buddy. What's up, pal? Not a whole lot. How are things with you? Same old, same old. You know, world still kind of under quarantine-ish-esque. Yeah, well, I mean, you're ready to talk about not just the best tag team, not just uh, a very good tag team, but the world's greatest tag team? Exactly, bro. I'm all about team angle. Haas and Benjamin, world's greatest tag team. I don't think they had any other monikers. Uh, They did. Apparently, like right before they were the world's greatest tag team, for like a week, they were the best damn tag team, period. Oh, okay. I may have remembered that. (laughs) You're welcome for that uh, that I got off Wikipedia. Well, good. I'm glad. I mean, they. I, I agree that that would have that was also a true statement. <laughs> Do you remember the the show, the the best damn sports show period with Tom Arnold? Uh, yes, I do. And John Sally. <laughs> I know it because uh, Stephen Brody Stevens was the warm up guy. Yeah, got it. Enjoy it. Wow, that's why I thought I I read that while I was looking up their Wikipedia, and I was like. Oh, interesting. I remember that show. Yeah, it was a fun show. It was uh it was the it was like the ESPN alternative. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I also recall enjoying it. But anyways, another thing that I enjoyed was the world's greatest tag team. Uh, you, you, had the, you had the choice this week, and we, we are going world's greatest. What were, your, what were your thoughts leading into this? What made you, what made you think world's greatest tag team? Um, I think somewhere along, I was, you know, doing research, looking for teams, and they just came up somewhere in the results. And I was like, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's appropriate. I mean, we talk great tag teams. Let's, it, we would eventually get to the world's greatest. Why not this week? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, um, I, I also knew we would get to them. Um, uh, while I'm watching it, though, I also realized that uh, we've done a bunch of teams from this era already. <laughs> well, yeah, like we've seen them, we've seen them battle other teams. Yes. Yeah. I was trying to uh, not totally avoid, but kind of avoid the teams that we've already covered on the show, but there's no, there's no real avoiding uh, Los Guerreros when you talk about world's greatest tag team. Exactly. You knew that was going to happen. So, and here's the thing I kind of, in that reason, avoided. Obviously, I saw some, but you know, I mean, it was something I was already familiar with. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I mean, me too. Uh, I was a little, I was a little surprised at the, at their, their run and what their run looks like as a whole. Well, yeah. I mean, okay. Well, that, that's kind of where I was going. My thought was very similar. That was my preliminary thoughts were like, oh, yes, I've seen them face other teams. There's no avoiding them. It it wasn't that I was going to be surprised or not or super enjoy or not. Like, I I felt like I knew what I was getting in for. I ended up being a little surprised. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. But what about Uh, you? When when I threw that name out there, you were like, you got on. I mean, yes, you knew we were going to get to them eventually. But, like, were you excited, not excited? What were you thinking? No, I I was excited. They're they're a tag team. Once again, they're from that era, that 2003 SmackDown era, 2002-2003 SmackDown era, is, like, the best. Okay. So, yeah, we were kind of on the same page. You know what you were in for. I knew what I was in for. So I love digging into that. But uh, admittedly, uh, I I don't remember almost anything <laughs> uh, of their later uh, runs. Yeah, they did have a few on and offs. Yeah, while I was watching, I was like, I'm looking through results, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. So yeah, pr- uh, preliminary. I was, uh, you know, I'm excited. It's a, it's a, it's a great tag team, the world's greatest, in fact, mm-hmm. as they as they are known. Uh, are you ready to hear their championships and accomplishments? Bring it on. Bring it on. Uh, okay. So they are two-time WWE Tag Team Champions. Okay. I thought more, by the way. Not for nothing. I read two, and I was like, oh, wow. Only two, huh? I could have believed more. Me too. Uh, they are also two-time Ring of Honor Tag Champs. Oh, they got them twice, did they? Okay. Then maybe they hot potatoed or something? Yeah, that that number that number seemed high to me. The WWE number seems low. <laughs> Two for WWE seems low. Two for Ring of Honor seems high. Yeah. Uh, they are also the 2003 PWI Tag Team of the Year. Okay, good, good, good. I was going to say that was probably their best year. And uh, on the Sports Illustrated Top 50, they are number 41. Okay, well, I mean, come on. They're the world's greatest tag team. They got to be on there. And on WWE's list, they are 40. 
Okay. <laughs> Funny how there's parody there. Yeah. It, uh, both numbers made sense to me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely did. Definitely did. But like you said, but you know what I did want to, when I said like, oh yeah, oh three makes sense. I don't know. I feel like, tell me if you've realized in the times we've done this, there is a bit of recency bias with that. You know what I mean? Like teams tend to get it early on and you're like, well, they obviously got better, but you know, there's a little bit of like that first year they're kind of hot and new. And then like that second year is usually they get like team of the year type thing. Have you been noticing that? That's wrestling, man. (laughs) I guess, I guess. But you know what I mean? Like technically, if you think about it, like, for example, like, yes, 03 was a good year, but, like, I think technically if you think, like, I pro- they're probably better in 04. I, I'm i going to staunchly disagree with that. <laughs> You're telling but, you know, I, I'm good, maybe not in this case, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like other teams we've covered, it was like, oh, they get it kind of early, and it's like, okay, that's early in their run, so, like, I get that they're, that they're getting, like, team of the year kind of early because they're new and fresh, but it's like, it's not like they, over the next year they drastically got worse. No, no, you are absolutely right about that. But in this team specifically, in their case, almost all of their bangers are in 03. Yeah, well, I mean, like we were saying, that was a great year for wrestling. Actually, (laughs) uh, we'll get to it when we go into the matches. There's a certain note that I I wrote down for for that era. (laughs) All right, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's, Let's go. Let's dive into these matches. Okay, I'll go with the matches first, and then I'll get back to that note I had. Uh, first, of course, first one I saw was versus Los Guerreros on a SmackDown. That's the thing. I did make sure I went and looked up for my Los Guerreros notes. I was like, all right, I'm not going to watch the same one. I'm going to watch a different one. So I watched that one. It was a SmackDown in December 03. Then a Scotty Tuhati and Rikishi from a SmackDown in October 03. Uh, an Eddie and Tajiri in May of 03. A Ray and Tajiri from April of 03. Uh, Crime Time from a Raw in 07 of January 07. A Rhino and Benoit from SmackDown. That's the one I'll get back to. Um, uh, Versus London and Kendrick from a Raw in September 07. The Briscoes from an ROH TV uh, tag title match from April 2012. A match for Super Crazy and Hacksaw Jim Duggan from Raw of 07. Uh, another Eddie Tajiri. This is the latter match at Judgment Day 03. Then a Flair and Carlito from Raw in Italy from 07. A Benoit and Edge from a SmackDown in January 03. An APA from a SmackDown in September 03. Uh, Highlanders from a Raw in December 06. Mania 20, the four-way, which I was hesitant on, but I'm glad I did, which was them versus Scotty Jawadi and Rikishi, who were the tag champs, APA and the Bashams. Then uh, a Hardcore Holly and a Cody Rhodes match from Raw 07, a Punk and Morrison from SmackDown 09, and then the I think this was the final Tajiri permutation of Tajiri and Funaki from a SmackDown 03. I was like, I want to... They wrestled Tajiri and every other person. Yeah, they wrestled. Uh, they wrestled Eddie and Tajiri together, and they wrestled Eddie and Tajiri with fifteen different partners. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yes, all right. You you got a lot of them in there. Yeah, yeah. Once again, you know, it, it's something about this. Uh, well, hmm. We'll we'll discuss. We'll discuss. 
All right. So I watched uh, a lot of the same. I did start with uh, Edge and Benoit in the world's great in Team Angles in ring debut. Uh, then I watched a Los Guerreros. I did the same and made sure I didn't watch the same Los Guerreros, although I did get two of them in. Uh, two Los Guerreros, uh, two Eddie and Tajiris, a Ray and Kidman, same deal. I made sure it wasn't the one I already watched. I did watch Funaki and Tajiri. Uh, I did watch that Scotty Tuhati and Rikishi match from October 03. I watched an APA match from a SmackDown in December. I watched an APA match from No Way Out 2004. I watched the London and Kendrick match from September 07. I watched the Punk Morrison from May 2009. And I ended on a Kings of Wrestling from Ring of Honor, September 2010. Oh, wow. That was a nice find. That was a nice find. It got, now, okay. uh, it got, it got a, a, a good handful of snowflakes on uh, from the, the Meltzer and uh, definitely earned them. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll get into their ROH run. But first, let me cover um, that uh, the, the note that I had. Okay, the match where there was, uh, and I, I should have said, I did note all the different permutations of whether they were the world's greatest tag team or they were Team Angle. On this night, SmackDown, March 6th, 2003, you have, well, here, listen to, this was the, 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 the show. The opener was a three-way of Ray, Jamie Noble, and Tajiri, followed by a Los Guerreros versus FBI. And now I don't know which permutation, but still, you know that was fun. Then it was followed by a Matt Hardy versus Billy Kidman, a Taker versus A-Train. Then you got Team Angle versus Rhino and Benoit. And then the main event was Brock versus Heyman in a cage. While interspersed were Heyman, Angle, and Lesnar promos about their upcoming match, and then uh, Hogan and Vince promos throughout. Tell me that isn't the craziest goddamn SmackDown you've ever heard. So, yes, it is, but no, it isn't. Because if you just go down the line, because at times when I would just be bored, I would just flip through old SmackDowns on the network and see what matches were on them and just go match by match with, with what I wanted to watch. And there's a bunch of SmackDowns that lay out very similarly to that one. But I was just like, holy crap. Like, it, it almost, it's like an indie card. Like, okay, we'll have the flippy do three-way in the beginning. Then we'll have the, the cool, fast character-based tag match. Then we'll have, you know, the cruiserweight title singles match. Then we'll have the big men. Then we'll have the big tag match. And then we'll have the cage match. I was just like, holy crap, look at this show that they put on. Yeah, SmackDown late late 02 into 03 is is nonstop. The because the 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 cruiserweights were on that show and they it's the best era. It's the best WWE ever did with cruiserweights. Yeah, because they get used as like what they, they get used as what they're best as good filler. Yeah, for sure. No, uh, I 100 percent agree. Uh, but yeah, that's the I mean, it's best era SmackDown. And uh, I was even like as I'm getting into their the late uh weirder stuff i'm like oh this will be good and i'm going through some of the cards and i'm like oh these cards aren't bad either but then i watch the match and i'm like oh uh something about this is just uh not oh three smackdown <laughs> yeah i know i didn't actually see the matches but you know, i mean it just seemed like a crazy episode i was like holy cow look at what they're putting down yeah. now okay as i'm watching these matches i didn't like maybe you did because or um okay here's my point I don't know if they were in the prime SmackDown 6 era or what, but they were definitely adjacent to it. 
Haas and Benjamin should be mentioned in the same breath as those guys, but they're not. Well, right. Yes, because they were, uh, I mean, paired together. The, uh, the, other, the others were singles who got put together in teams to, to you know, do the tag division. Haas and Benjamin were a tag, were like, that was their primary function. Yeah, I guess. And plus, it might just be, it might, it's not as catchy to go the SmackDown 8 and have to remember <laughs> names. You know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like the brain can only probably handle like six. Because most people, yeah, six and they're like, ah, they'll, they'll get to like five and start struggling. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. But, the, but they should be because this, it basically is prime era. I mean, you know, they wrestle the Guerreros, they wrestle Benoit a bunch, they wrestle Edge a bunch. You know, they, they, right. they're, they're in there with all those dudes. Yeah, no, they definitely do. So that was my thing. I was like, all right, I'm not going to like look it up because I'm sure there is like a definitive, you know, the internet wrestling community has dictated this date to this date as the SmackDown 6 era. But I was like, they definitely should be brought up more than they are in that vein. Yeah, so here's one thing I wanted to point out. Um, You have them, like, once again, of course they won the award in 03, like, you look at the teams that they were wrestling in 03 and you look at the matches they were having in 03, Eddie and Tajiri, the Guerreros, Ray and Kidman, Edge and Benoit, uh, you know, like uh, top tier matches all the time. Yeah. But then they, so they split off from angle and they're no longer team angle. Yes. And that's actually July of 03. That's like middle of 03. Yeah, I know it's weird, right? Because what, like, isn't that where like Angle goes? Is that where Angle leave, leave, leaves, right? Yeah, and then by the end of '03 into '04, they're the world's greatest tag team, but they're kind of just floundering, and they don't know what to do with them. Like they're taking L's to Scotty and Rikishi, and then you get into '04, and they're taking L's to Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Super Crazy, and like Cody Rhodes and Hardcore Holly, like they. They were so high for like six to eight months. And then it was just, they plummeted. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think their work was bad. I just feel like creative's got nothing for you, kid. No, but that's what I'm saying. But that's crazy to me that because they were an excellent tag team and they were so good and their matches were good. And then you're just like, I don't know what to do with them. Have them lose to Hacksaw and Super Crazy tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, where I was kind of saying with, like, the the team, you know, where they won the award. It's like, I don't think they necessarily got bad in 04. They just got shit booking. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. And then I think it was – it must have been injuries and stuff that made them kind of more on again, off again, where they would run – you know, Shelton would go out. They'd run Haas with a different team or doing whatever, and then Benjamin would come back. And they'd still be solo, but then eventually come back together. And then same thing in uh, 09. Okay, I didn't look into it. Did Haas have any weird releases or something, or was it always injuries? I think for the both of them, it was always injuries. Okay, because I wasn't sure. And then, like, he referenced a little weird position, and I'm like, did something happen? Was he one of those guys? They reference. Uh, injuries in a couple different uh, spots while I was watching. Uh, like, after the Eddie and Tajiri one, the, in the Scotty, Tuhati, and Rikishi match, they mentioned that Shelton was just off for like a month and a half with knee surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I know there was that, and you know, what I mean, like, like, like you could tell with the years. I'm saying, like, they go like they kind of fade in '04, then they come back in around '07, then they had stuff in '09, and then they left. They had, like the ROH stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think uh, bad, bad booking. They were, they were a, a, you know, a victim of that in the the '04, and then I think they were just a victim of of injuries and not being able to both stay healthy. Yeah, because you know what I mean? Like, I don't see how you, especially that company, because here's the thing. They were both a victim of bad booking, but they were also a victim of good booking. You know what I mean? When they got paired with Angle, they, you know what I mean? They were already in the tag championship scene real quick. You know what I mean? Yes, for sure. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's, let's, go, let's go from the start here. The Edge and Benoit is right off the rip. That's, that's what they're doing. Once again, you can talk about uh, good booking and uh, good position right off the rip. You're wrestling Edge and Chris Benoit. Yeah, yeah. And once again, this is in the era where they're getting to get wacky. And like, here's the big thing. They get so much time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was surprised. Not really. I, I was actually more surprised when they're getting a ton of time in like 09. But <laughs> yeah, of course, they're going to get time with like Edge and Benoit or when they're with, you know, Eddie Guerrero. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like some of those matches... Uh, while good, or maybe it's just, it's definitely more just me with my wrestler eye going, oh, wow, this is definitely one of those matches that they talk about where they go, hey, you're two good teams, go kill 15 minutes, have a good match. Right, right. And it's like, okay, yeah, there's somewhat of a story, but then a lot of times you could just be like, no, they just wanted to kill like a segment or two on TV. So in their in their de- in-ring debut match, you know, commentary is putting over their collegiate careers like gangbusters. Of course, and rightfully so. And outs- But outside of a little grappling in the beginning, there's not much to, uh, to go off of there. And it kind of made me realize that uh, as hard as you can push that amateur wrestling thing, uh, it's really just a shine. Like, there's not much to do with it after that. Yeah, because once again, it's on the mat. It's not very visual for for an arena type audience or a tv audience you know what i mean right they get down to pro wrestling real fast they're like here it is we touched it uh i did a waistlock takedown and uh <laughs> and yeah, uh a fireman's it's one of those things where like yeah they showed for a second and then it's just more a threat it's always a looming threat yeah uh but right off the bat i mean the the pro wrestling things that they do are great and especially they're great on the feed and on the take. They are like right. pros, pros, pros at like bumping feed and taking moves. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, and I mean, I'll get to it now. Uh, like I said, I I watch all the permutations of uh, Tajiri partners, and they bump and feed exactly the same for Funaki, maybe the smallest guy on the roster, like they do for any big man. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's impressive. Like I'm just like, boy, they take no nights off. <laughs> no, up and down, all over the place for for yeah, literally anybody. Funaki's comeback was great for the record. Oh, it was. But you know what I mean? Like as I'm watching it, I'm like, because at first they do an initial cutoff on Funaki, so I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be the hot tag is to to Jiri's going to come in clear out. So I was like, no, they get they go right to the heat on to Jiri, and I was like, oh, so Funaki's going to be the big comeback, and I go. Oh, I wonder what it's going to be. And he runs hot just like anybody else. And they bump and feed for him just like anybody else. Uh, um, 
let's say, I will say their best bump and feed is for one Mr. Eddie Guerrero. And I'm not sure, like, I'm sure it's a combination, but like, I'm sure there's got to be a part of that where like Eddie's just a, also a great conductor in that ring, but like, Whew, watching those matches for those were great. I was like, oh, Eddie's going to run wild and they're going to feed perfectly. So I watched two Los Guerreros matches and two Eddie and Tajiri matches. And I think he does the knuckle lock arm drag head scissors in all of them. Yeah, like he busts out his big stuff with them. Uh, and it's it was my favorite to see how he'd get into it because it was always a different way. And it was always almost a game on whether or not Charlie Haas was going to make it in there to take the head scissors. Almost every time. I know what you mean. It's great. I love it. It's almost like uh, by the end, Eddie's just like messing with him, like calls a spot. So Charlie has to be as far as possible from where he needs to be and then starts running up the ropes. Yeah, that I love that he did with them. He would always monkey flip uh, Shelton onto his feet into whacking like you know head to head with Haas that was always a fun one like he always had Eddie definitely got got to get froggy with them you know what I'm saying and like they were there for it I was like you know what I mean and I don't know if that's just them it's got to be a combination of a great athletes and I don't know that WWF training system or something right uh so the first time they wrestled Los Guerreros in February 2003 they won the tag titles yeah, like I said, they they were they were also victims of great booking as well. Who I I could not remember was it the Hardys that it was the same way? It couldn't have been the Hardys. It's no. some, uh New Age Outlaws, maybe. Maybe, yeah. The Outlaws were paired together, and then within a month, they're tag champs. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that seems right. It, but I I just noted it. I was like, oh, it's a month later. Oh, it's, we I remember talking about a team and how crazy it was that one month into being a team, they're already tag champs. Yeah. Now, the Outlaws were a little different, whereas like, I feel like they presented something that they didn't see coming, whereas this, the WWE presented something. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, man, when they put on those team angle singlets, whew, they looked pristine, the red, white, and blue with the gold. And I was like, wow, they're lucky they got to be with angle just because they got dope-ass gear. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the the maroon gear once they uh, dropped the team angle thing was meh. Yeah, I know it was okay. The world's greatest tag team gear, not so good. Team angle gear looked choice. Yeah, for sure. Well, there was that that small window between both though. Yeah, and then later on they got where they were both in bikers and stuff, and I was like, ah, you know, both in bikers. But Charlie Haas is wearing like longer bikers under his custom bikers. I have no idea why. That was just one day. I I <laughs> I chalked that up to he grabbed the wrong undertights. <laughs> I don't yeah, care. I, it was... I saw that one match too, and I was like, yikes! But I had seen him in another match, and I go, no, no, he's had it. He's had it right before. He just had it wrong that one day. So uh, a couple other things I noticed. Uh, they a thing that they always do. They uh, they try to cheat or try to double team. Have it not work for them. And have the baby face like get the advantage of both of them just to put them in position for the cheating they want to do. Yeah. The a big thing I noticed, well, that that's that was great um mechanically. I liked it also for the heelish nature of they're the world's greatest tag team and they always cheat. <laughs> 
Yeah, but uh, they were good at it, though. Oh, no. Um, okay, one of the things I noticed, they go, um, at some point, they became Los Guerreros, where they would lie, cheat, and steal, and do all those shenanigans to win, which is funny, because they fell for all those shenanigans, so it's only right that they adopted those shenanigans. They were doing it right off the bat, though. I mean, that was that was also kind of the funny part, because in that first match, commentary cannot stop gushing about their amateur backgrounds and then they're pro wrestling cheating like a lot <laughs> yeah that's the thing like I, I one of my notes was like oh, oh at some point they just replaced those guerreros as that you know always winning by shenanigans and the thing was they would always cheat which i just i appreciated i was like but they're the world's greatest tag team they don't need to cheat but they're bad guys so they cheat <laughs> yeah uh so- Dude, do you know the name of the hop over onto the back move? Nope, I just kept calling it the express. Yeah, so I read on Wikipedia, there's a picture of them doing it, and it says Haas and Benjamin hitting the broken arrow. And I was like, oh, that name kind of makes sense. But I don't think I've ever heard that move called the broken arrow. I just know it because it was the Orient Express butt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and in the first match, they do that big launch. They do like suplex up, feet up, and then like launch him up onto the ropes. After that, they were like, mm, we're just going to set you there. No, I saw they had a couple different setups. I liked it. Um, one of them was, oh, I think it was it Ray or somebody tried to uh, slingshot in head scissors and they were just like, nope. And they just held him right there. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah, yes. I think it was someone did like a, I'll have to find it in the notes, but like someone did like a dive or something took Shelton out on the floor, then hopped up, did the head scissors. But as he was doing it and getting caught, Sheldon was sliding in like a bat out of hell and ran right and hit it pretty quick right after. So that was a cool one. They also, even in like short-ish matches, would take control of both guys of the team almost just to give both guys a cool comeback. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot, like you said. They would do something just to set up the next thing. Yeah, and I think, once again, it's because they were just so good at taking things and bumping and feeding and getting into position and taking big, clean bumps. We're gushing about it, but I wonder if you ask them, they're like, no, no, no. I was just, like, if you ask Charlie, I was like, nah, bro. I just had to take a million bumps because it took me a long time to figure out when I need to get into position. So it was just because I was really bad. And we're like, oh, he was a genius, how he would mold it, and da 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 da. I'm sure it's much closer to what you're thinking. Oh, maybe. Uh, so uh, going into this, in, in our, in, I, I left this off of preliminary thoughts, but it, it probably goes in here better. Uh, preliminarily, I thought Shelton to be the better member of the team, but after watching them, I, I believe I've changed my tune. Oh, wow. I never really, it's funny. I never really thought in, in one way or the other of like, oh, who's the better? I just saw them as just, hmm, wow. That's really tickling the brain a little. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I just saw them as two different entities but they aren't that different the only real difference is like shelton does super kicks and more athletic stuff and then haas is more the grindy guy but they're both still just doing like suplexes and clotheslines and stuff yes but and and here's here's why i say this so and they're they're both good and they're both good for different reasons they both despite the fact that they are similar in a lot of ways and that's what made them good together uh 
they are very different uh, as a team. They uh, Shelton is the the flashier one. Uh, he does like the flashy things. He'll flip to his feet. He'll jump straight to the top rope. He'll springboard up. And but Charlie Haas has such great intensity. He's so intense. All of his strikes are so intense. The way he takes bumps is so intense. You know, he's got this like this uh, to him. Oh no, absolutely. Okay, because I was gonna say I'm with you if you if we're gonna discuss the evolution of Charlie Haas because early on he's just a great mechanic. But yes. yes. And I don't know, like, I don't know, part of me is just like, yo, did something like dark happen in his life that he suddenly became, I put, he became hardcore Holly 2.0. Yeah. Uh, Cause you really see it when they, when they come back together in 07 and then 09, you really see Charlie like, but oh. even, even towards the end of world's greatest tag team, like in singlets, you see it too. And I was like, in my head, I'm doing the math. I was like, is this when he got like divorced or something? Like what happened? Why did all of a sudden he become like an asshole? Well, oh no, here's the weird thing. At first I said, okay, as I'm watching the evolution, I was like, oh, he's kind of becoming like hardcore Holly, but he's not a dick. Eventually he becomes like hardcore Holly and is a bit of a dick. Yeah, sure. I can see that. He went through a lot of different phases, and I, I feel like that was a lot because Shelton was hurt. Well, yeah, I know. He had those weird singles runs, and then he was like, what, the, the imitation guy for a little bit, and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, I will say I'm kind of on board with you when we talk about, like, yes, how he went from just good suplex machine guy to, yeah, he's beating the crap out of you, and yeah, he's, yeah, like I said, hardcore Holly, he, was... he gave me he but he but so hardcore holly i don't think of as like a fiery guy i think of him as like an intense beat him up guy charlie haas had some nasty fire oh yeah definitely and that's the other thing like his his motor just kept going you know what i mean which which of course is what made the intensity even more is that it just kept going and going he's and and like uh later era charlie haas is so jacked he's so jacked <laughs> yeah i know and big and sweaty crazy jacked um Okay, so do you think that them being so good on the take kind of held them back and that's what put them into the position they wound up in in, like, 04? Yeah, a little bit. It was one of those things where it was like, oh, my gosh, this team's so great. And then it was like, oh, and they're also really good at making other people look good, you know what I mean, with how good they take all their moves. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they got paired with the APA for a while, and <laughs> some of those matches, I watched two of them. One of them, uh, they barely get offense. They are just, <laughs> like, they get offense just to get uh, the other member of the APA in uh, so they can take more moves from the other side. I was going to say, I saw some of those APA matches, and I was like, I think they just took moves, because I don't know if they could necessarily hit moves. Like, Farouk, Mr. Rob Simmons was barely in those matches that I saw. Like, in one of them, like, in the Mania match, he eventually feeds in at, like, four minutes in, like, almost, like, out of obligation. Like, I guess I should take a bump somewhere, and, like, feeds in for, like, a Rikishi, like, shoulder tackle or something. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know, but I, so in uh, in late '04 and then going into '07, uh, watching those matches, I was like, "Huh, these guys were never baby faces." 
Mm. As a team, yeah, no, no, that was and, the thing. And once again, uh, good booking. Like if they would have just came out as Haas and Benjamin, they probably would have been turned face whether they liked it or not. When you pair it with Angle right off the rip, who was the hottest heel going, it was like, okay. And then they kind of just rode that until it was, you know what I mean? Almost to the point where it was like, you couldn't really see him as baby faces. They were bad guys so long. You know what I mean? Kind of, but I feel like once they split off from Angle and once like they started to, to not know what to do with them, uh, I think you turn them babyface and you have a whole different pool of teams for them to wrestle and a whole new life. And I think they would have excelled as babyfaces because uh, you did have the the flash of Shelton and they did have the teamwork. I agree, but I think it was more so probably like a mathematics things of at the time, because what we're still talking, what end of Oh three, they're still, why are they going to be baby faces when you've got edge, Rey Mysterio, Tajiri, Benoit, you know what I mean? Like sure. I understand that like, yeah, when they got rid of angle, they, you know, it kind of would make sense to me, but it was like, like that whole tag division was still running smooth just because they had to change their name didn't mean, you know, you know what I mean? I don't think that should have changed them per se because everything, because once again, we're still in like SmackDown six era. But here's what I'm saying. But by the end of 03 into 04, they weren't even wrestling with those guys anymore. They weren't wrestling. They weren't getting matches against the edges of the world and against the Eddie Guerrero's and against the, they weren't, they were wrestling uh, Scotty Tuhati and Rikishi and, and uh, and whoever else they could find to wrestle them. So it's like, well, why didn't you just turn them babyface and and maybe give them a little more life instead of just kind of, you know, it was just a thought well, I had. No, no, you may be right. That may be just it. They were like, oh, okay, they've kind of we don't have anything, but they're really good at making other guys look good. So let's just put them in that role for a while, and then it maybe just got stuck too long. Yeah, in my in my head though, while I'm watching it, and I realized that they were never babyfaces. I was like, man, it would have made it would have made so much sense to just make them babyfaces at some point. But okay, the fact that they were bad guys the entire time uh, goes towards one of <laughs> one of the weirder points I I came up with, and this one's a little weird, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll walk you through it, people. Uh, I was trying to do in my head, I was like, all they do is take moves and put heat on people and just grind on guys. And I was like, if you compare like their, um, okay, in amateur wrestling, it's called like a control time or riding time. Well, you know, when, you, when you're on top of the guy and he doesn't get to do anything. Or like what would be in pro wrestling, the heat section, where they're just beating up on a good guy. If you compare that versus like their downside guarantee, it's probably incredibly low. Cause like I'm doing the math. These matches are all 15 minutes. They're doing three to four of these a week. I go every month, they're putting in at least an hour or two of heat, which is nothing but hard work. So like, they're making a couple hundred grand to do nothing but the hard crap work of wrestling and busting their butts for a couple hundred thousand, putting in hours of control riding time heat. Whereas like Hogan's working eight minutes, lying on his back, twitching his leg, and then eventually hits three moves and is making millions. Like their, their uh, pay per work, it may be like the highest 
or lowest, how you want to look at it, of all time. At the biggest deficit. You know what I mean? Like, in my head, I'm watching, I was like, yo, all these matches are at least 12 to 15, and, like, they don't get to do any of the fun parts. They just, like, they take a bunch of cool moves, and then eventually when the bad guy, they're, then they're, you know, that's when Charlie Haas comes in, puts you in a stretch, and starts pounding on you. You know what I mean? Like, that's not fun or glamorous, but that's hard work. Yeah. No, it is. I, in one of the matches, I think it was the London and Kendrick match, the struggle for the hot tag. Yeah. Struggle, I yeah. was like, wow. Like, I was, I was sweating watching Shelton hold him back. I was like, man. I will tell you this. Lazy Cheech would have been pissed off at Paul London. Like, what the fuck are you doing making me work this hard? Yeah, doing basically nothing. He was yeah. It was it was like boring heat, and then like he would hit like a punch, and then he would die like his life depended on it, like to tag Spanky, which would force Haas, who like had to stop selling for a sec, to dive with all his might to stop him from tagging. It was crazy, but then it was beautiful because eventually, like on the third time, it doesn't work, and he does get the tag to Spanky, and he runs wild. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, uh, it it definitely it definitely opened my eyes. I was like, wow, that is like. That is some next level having to like work way too hard, uh, like for something so that hard. doesn't look like it would take that much work. But watching it, I'm like, oh my god, these poor guys. Yeah, man. And that that was one of those matches where I was looking and I was like, man, the amount of work that Haas and Benjamin are putting in compared to you know probably what they're getting paid or whatever. I was like, this is astronomical. Like the the return on investment that the wwe got out of those guys because man because that's the thing you got to think these are tv but they're also doing this on the house shows they're putting in 12 to 15 i was like i i it it, it, it messed with my head because i was like yo they're straight putting in hours of heat a month <laughs> yeah and they were like uh, i i don't even want to venture a guess at what their deal was in 03 because they were like fresh out of ovw yeah you know what i mean but you know what i mean like I wrestle. I know that like the stuff they're doing is not fun, not glamorous, and a lot of work on your body. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred and twenty percent. So uh, you only caught one Ring of Honor match, and I only caught one Ring of Honor match. Uh, yours is a Briscoes TV match, you said. Yes. Late era. Yes, yes, yes. It was, uh, yeah, I was trying to look. That was always, I couldn't find it, but we did like the Briscoes because I wanted to see one because it's just, it's just an ROH TV. It doesn't say it like, but then when you click on it and watch, it's like, oh, first match is Haas and Benjamin versus Briscoes in a tag title match. And I was like, oh, sweet, perfect. Were you still there when they came around in 2010? No. Oh, because I was looking through the, some of the, ma- I, 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 for some reason I thought, the results of that they were there in 09. So I clicked on 09 on uh, Honor Club and I was like, huh, there's a lot of up and smoke on this. Yeah, no, no. We were 09. I think they didn't, they didn't come until like 2010, I thought. Yeah, 2010. The, the Kings of Wrestling match is their first match in Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. and that, Okay, but let's talk about it. One thing, I mean, I only saw one match, but I still remember seeing stuff at the time around when they were doing it in 2012 seeing stuff because they were on tv you know what i mean so i catch it here and there like they were they were the they were the fed train guys quote unquote that totally bucked the trend and totally went to ring of honor and fit in you know what i mean like 
they were not the Fed guys who came and looked stupid. You know what I mean? No, they they did things that they weren't allowed to do in WWE or just didn't have, you know, like I had never seen anybody get out of the quote broken arrow before and they tease the broken arrow early in this match. I, like they double tease it. And I was like, man, that was good, good. And like something that they should have done at some point in WWE, but just the, the style of WWE wouldn't have allowed that type of spot. Yeah, no, it was great. And it was also just getting them, you know, seeing them get to like brawl in, you know, a, a rougher fashion. I don't know. Then in Briscoe's was just fun because you know what I mean? That's just four men beating each other up. Uh, the they do they do two heats in the Kings of Wrestling match. Oh, it's so good. Haas finally makes the tag to Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin charges in, ducks a line from Claudio right into a low bridge by Chris Hero, and then they start heat on Shelton. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, that, they once again, I just don't feel like they they deserve more credit as a team. And like you know, some of the things that they would, you know, they would, they were doing all their classic spots, but the way that these spots were set up, I was like, man, it's just, it felt like uh, a, a little bit of freedom, you know, on their end where they could just take these things that they've done forever and use them in different ways that they maybe weren't allowed to. It was literally a breath of fresh air. <laughs> like, I, there's no other way to describe it. It was like, they were still doing them. There wasn't a ton that was different, but it was just, it just felt new. They, so Claudio goes up top and Charlie Haas, it's him and Charlie Haas are legal. And the whole time, because Shelton was out, I was like, if this sets up to Shelton Benjamin doing the big jump to the top, I'm going to lose it. And it totally builds to Shelton coming, sliding in the ring from opposite corner, running full ring and jumping straight to the top. And I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. And there's, that was the other thing. What I liked about it was they were still WWF guys. So like all their spots were still had like flares of WWE. But like you said, it just had a different twist to it. And it just, like, here's the thing. WWF style does work. It's a great style. It will get over in places. But, you know what I mean? It just felt like in, in the setting of Ring of Honor, you'd think, like, maybe it wouldn't. But, like, no, these guys were great. And, once again, amateur athletes. You know what I mean? So there's there's no way there's no way it wasn't going to work for a crowd like ROH. You know what I mean? It'd be one thing if they were, like, non-athletes and were just solely OVW guys. But it was like, oh, no, no. Plus, here's the other thing. Charlie Haas is also a Jersey All Pro guy. Let's not let's not you know mince words about it too. Yes, I I've meant to mention that earlier. Uh, have you ever seen any Haas brothers matches? Um, I have. I don't really remember them per se, but yes, I've seen Haas brothers matches. I remember back in the day, I got like a handful of random VHSs from uh, the People's Tapes. For those who know, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, and one of them had a Haas Brothers matches on it, had a couple Haas Brothers matches on it. I was blown away. I was like, holy crap, they were good. Yeah, no, they were. They definitely were. And here's the here's the thing is uh, Russ, quote unquote, I heard, was maybe the better one, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I don't remember specifically thinking. And also, when you're watching grainy VHS tapes, I'm oh. sure I'd. Couldn't even tell you. Couldn't even tell you which one was which. 
the Grannies. I just liked it because I remember they wore singlets because this was still, if this was, yeah, so they were teaming in, what, 99? So I was still wrestling in high school. I just remember I knew their singlets because I was like, oh, you could buy those out of the wrestling magazine. I know that was singlets, so that's why I kind of liked them. I was like, oh, they're amateur guys. And I was like, oh, I could buy that singlet. It's a brute singlet. You can just get it in the magazine, but I didn't. But yeah, I always, that's why I kind of dug him. But then, yes, we tragically lost Russ real early and it was a big blow. But then Charlie kicked ass all the way to the Fed, all the way onto the TV. And him and Shelton, like, it is what it is on singles. It just wasn't as good as when they were together and firing on all cylinders. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they both on their own without each other, they both had successful runs, you know. Uh, Shelton's still on TV. What are we even talking about? I know. There's that whole, like, if we start talking about that, it just doesn't make sense. Because what is he, the, uh, a, a champion, too? He's one of the tag champs or U.S. champ? or uh, I don't know. He was recently a champ. I'm not sure he is now. Brass Nucks. He's, he's mid-Atlantic Brass Nucks champion. Okay, good for Shelton. I mean, uh, <laughs> after all this time... But yes, yeah, so. I guarantee Charlie Haas is somewhere jacked to the gills. It was like, I could do it. I could do it. We just saw Carlito come and looking all jacked. Did you see the recent video of Charlie Haas? No. He does not look well. Oh, okay. Real, real thin. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I think he's, uh, I, I don't know. I can't remember what the, the interview was about. The internet, the, the inter- this interview with Charlie Haas circulated the internet a couple months ago. He's looking really thin um which is not to say that he's not healthy or or doing well it's just to say that he definitely does not look in uh range ring shape right right i think gotcha, uh, gotcha. he well, might here, be let's go back to talking about when he was in ring shape when he was killing people in roh and you know it was just fun seeing him of course he always had that harder style but like we said it just kept getting amped up and amped up so by the time it was 2012 he was crushing poor mark briscoe and him but mark briscoe was using his redneck kung fu and then what was it uh they had a dope finish it was they were oh yeah they were going for the express mark missile drop kicks uh uh shelton running off and then jay i think springs up into like a front victory roll one two three and i was like a that was pretty athletic by jay and b it was just a fun finish because it was a fast-paced match and just came out of nowhere and i I just liked how they set it up because once again they're fed trained guys so they know how to have good matches and now they just got to have a little more fun with it and add a little more wrinkles and the express was just fun because like it was a cutoff it was a heat spot it was a finish like that that thing was very versatile yeah uh, definitely and in the the kings of wrestling match it's like a 20 something minute match uh charlie haas uh they they grapple in the beginning and you know of course, they're going to be good at that. Mid-match, uh, Charlie Haas is trading European uppercuts with Claudio. And, by the way, damn good European uppercuts. And I'm like, what What can't Charlie Haas do? Yeah, right? They, like Everybody puts over Shelton's athleticism, and he is because he's got ups. But, like, Charlie's very athletic, too. It's just a little tougher because he's just so jacked. <laughs> uh, they did a scratch and claw hot tag in this one with Claudio holding Shelton back by the foot for what felt like an eternity. And I was like, Oh man, this is like (laughs) both guys are pouring sweat. Just 
Claudio trying to pull towards his corner. Shelton scratch and clawing towards his corner. And Charlie Haas drops to the floor and starts banging on the canvas to get people into it. Probably sweating buckets because, once again, those men don't know how to not work hard. (laughs) They were working the hardest. It was their Ring of Honor debut. It was in New York. They were going nuts. It was – it's a – if you have a chance – Anybody out there? I think it's Glory by Honor 9. Either way, it's uh, September 2010, Kings of Wrestling against uh, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Go out of your way to find it. It is so oh, much fun, especially after you've watched a bunch of World's Greatest Tag Team matches in WWE to, to end watching them uh, work so hard and have so much fun with all these spots that they had done for years was awesome. I loved it so much. And once again, I just like putting over the fact that like, you got to put yourself in the mind frame of like a wrestling fan in 2012, like WWF guys going in a ring of honor was not a normal thing. And it wasn't something that was necessarily like, that the crowd was like, oh, yay, please give us guys who've been released by WWE. You know what I mean? Like, And there are plenty of guys who were that if they went there could not have kept up. But they went in there and blended right in. They got a contract. They got signed for, what, a year or two? They were a big part of that whole HD net run. Like, they had a big run with the Kings. They had a big run with the Briscoes. And in that time, they got to tangle with everyone, and they fit right in. That was, in, that was not a thing that – Many, if any, well, there were definitely some, but not many guys released by WWE could easily just go into ROH and just fall right in. Right. Absolutely. No question. Uh, I kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm a little sad we didn't get more uh, World's Greatest Tag Team. I'm, I'm sad that the Ring of Honor is basically where it ends. I, I guess they did a Jersey All-Pro show in like 2013 or something. Uh, what happened was i don't know or this was what my brain rationalized it was like wasn't it at this point they were released and then uh shelton started going to japan on his own so that kind of just they couldn't really do anything after that yeah i just you know my whatever knowing like seeing all these teams you know we we've had a we had a, a decent run where we were the teams we were watching they have like 12 pages on cage match and they wrestled together forever. And there's all these matches and they wrestle all these people. And when you look at Charlie Hosh, Shelton Benjamin, I wish they had that, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. They're, they're one of those teams where you wish you got more out of them. Cause once again, they were stuck in WWE for a long time, but we at least did get them in ROH. I, I was wishing that there was no, like, I was like, Oh, they never got like, I was like, Oh, I wish they got, or maybe they did, but they didn't like a new Japan thing somewhere in there, but they didn't. Yeah. I felt like that, yeah. that, that would have been a good spot. But like we said, I think, yeah, I think it was Haas just stayed in America doing Indies and then Shelton started going to Japan. So like they, and this, you know I mean? They had the ROH run after that, the contract was up. And then I think Shelton just started going to Japan on his own and Haas didn't. So it was like, oh, well, there went the team. Yeah. But, you know, I can dream. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, I mean, it is what it is, but they got a hell of a run. Like we said, two time tag champs. They got a uh, tag team of the year. And then they kept going on as a tag team until. Was their later or, or their later WWF stuff was what 2010 and stuff? So like 03 to 2010, that's seven years. That's not bad at all. 
No, it's not. It's not. And then the Ring of Honor stuff's 2010 to, to 2012, which is that's a you know a respectable amount of time. There's a lot of stop and go in there, which is is a bummer, but it, it happens and it seems uh, unavoidable, especially in a lot of their of their cases. But let's do it. What made Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin the world's greatest tag team? My thing was, obviously, they were great wrestlers. They are great athletes. My thing, what made them great was their RPMs. Like I said, they put in the most work. Like, someone, we got to find someone. We'll get Brandon Thurston to do some WrestleNomics on it and figure out, like, per capita, their percentage of work. Like, like not even, we don't even have to do the mathematics. The work rate that they put out on a consistent basis is what made them great. You know what I mean? Like, yes, they were tremendous athletes. They never rested on their laurels. You know what I mean? They could have just, you know what I mean, been lazy and hit, you know what I mean, showing their athleticism one or two times. No, they busted their ass the whole match for at least 15 minutes. That's great in my book. Yeah. Uh, and I think what made them great is actually a little bit of what I pointed out earlier, that they were the same and you could find so many ways that they were the same, but they were actually totally different wrestlers and both had their own very distinct uh skills and 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 pros and cons uh and and you know that's that's what a team needs because the the team the together they are the same they are one but they are both very very different in their own way and bringing that together and also as we covered earlier they were i'm not sure there was a better team at just making other people look good it's like unreal how good they were at that yeah, their their bumping feet and timing and synchronization was unmatched. And another thing that I wanted to that I'll bring up for their greatness because I bring it up all the time with the great teams. Once again, they had a great silhouette. You know what I mean? Like they came out in those jumpsuits and singlets, and you were like, "Oh, okay, I know what I'm getting. My I know what I'm getting." And then they got in there, they roughhouse, they did a little bit of mat wrestling, and then they beat you up but they looked tremendously athletic while doing it. Once again, it was like, you know what I mean? Like the cover of the story matched all matched the story in there. You know what I mean? Like it was great. Yeah. And now how would we defeat the world's greatest tag team? It would have to be quick. That was my thought. Usually we go the other way and we think we got to drag them into deep waters, but what we've noticed with them, they're comfortable in deep waters. If anything, I've noticed they're susceptible in short matches. So we got to try and outburst them early and then sustain the burst. You know what I mean? They're real good at bringing you down in the middle of the match. We got to we gotta come out hot and then stay hot. Because I noticed they did a lot of jump starts, but they always came out on top. So somehow we got to get the upper hand early, and then I think we're good. I'm going to tell you what, Cheech. I one time had a short match with Shelton Benjamin, and it did not work out in my favor. <laughs> well, you got me. It's a completely different dynamic now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I, I have experienced Shelton Benjamin up close and personal. Uh, and uh, yeah, that did not work out well for me. Um, I think that I would be, I mean, I, I've got at least some of his things scouted at this point. But uh, I, I agree. I think, I, I don't think I remember a time, like if we just isolate one and stay on it, I think we've got a chance. Uh, yeah. If need be, but I still think the early shock and awe, because like I was paying attention, they do a lot of jump starts, early starts, but they always come out on top. 
We need to stop them early. Well, what I'm saying is usually even if the team was up on them early, they would use their 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 trickiness. They would try to cheat and then get into position and then actually cheat and then we're screwed. So we got to be vigilant on both of them. We got to like blast someone off the apron and then go to work and then keep, you know, like me and Jimmy did to you at the arena. We got to we got to incapacitate the floor guy while we do our work in the ring. Bro, we have a whole set of offense for the guy that's on the apron. We're good. But I see what you mean now. Yes, cuz most of the time they take they 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 take over by nefarious means by two guys instead of one. Very rarely was the one guy cut off one guy. It was always chicanery. So yeah, we need to take out one definitely so we could isolate the other one and not have to worry about the other one screwing things up. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I, th- I think we've got a good plan. I think so as well. Let's. Uh, but if we had to go back and wrestle them at a certain time, I would want it to be in 03, mainly because Charlie Haas is at his least jacked. Yeah, 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 exactly. I agree. And they were technically at their greenest, you know what I mean? Not as yeah. green as that, not as green as a Morrison and CM Punk. Looking back, that was, I was like, whoo, there's <laughs> a lot of green in there. But anyway, I'm just saying, we would want them, yes, in 03 when they were at their most rookiest. Yes, and Charlie Haas was at his uh, in great shape, but not as yoked as he would eventually become. And then another thing, I'll throw this maybe in the great pile or just the thing you got to realize, they were not, they were put together. They were not like a came from the Indies as a team. They were two really good wrestlers put together and look at what they did. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Definitely need to get them early on when they were least familiar with one another because they were dominant right off the rip, but hopefully we can get a little bit from their, you know, newness with one another. Yeah, we got to start. Uh, we got to start time machining this. Uh, how we would defeat them? We have to pick the era. <laughs> well, I think most times it's going to be like, "Oh, we got to go early before they got really good." <laughs> no, we got to go early before Charlie Haas gets too jacked. Yeah, basically. All right, that's it. That's the world's greatest tag team. That's the best damn tag team. Period. Ooh, I like it. I like it. That's uh, that's Tom Arnold and John Sally. Ah, I don't think so. Right. <laughs> Same motif, but. Uh, no, that was good. Anytime I get to dip into uh, 0203 SmackDown, I'll be happy. Yeah, you can't really complain. No, for sure not. And uh, so, like we said before, there's as I'm going through, I'm like, oh, we already did Ray and Kidman. Oh, we already did Los Guerreros. But there is, and I watched Kings of Wrestling. We already did Kings of Wrestling. But there is still a lot of meat on the bone for that from that era. Oh, of course. There definitely is. One of that these, was one era where they took advantage of tag teams and used them pretty well. One of these days, that that APA episode, I'm <laughs> I'm ready someday. Oh, bro, that'll be something. Just watching Bradshaw clubber people. I'll never get tired of it. Oh, brother. He was whew, I saw him. That big boot, it just comes so quick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not going to do APA next week because that w- I would have spoiled it right there. So we'll have to come up with a different team. Yeah, we'll try and venture away from the golden era of 0203 SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, as always, if you have any suggestions, shoot them over to us at DreamWorkPod on the Twitter. Every, uh, every week, if you hop on the Twitter, Cheech will throw up some GIFs of the team that we are talking about. Last week, there was a lovely GIF of me being powerbombed by Mark Briscoe. <laughs> you saw that, <laughs> did you? Yeah, caught that one. 
But yeah, yeah. Uh, follow us on there for updates. And uh, if you have a team you would like to see, shoot it at us. And until next time. Adios.